Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Yotis B, it's a sportive. John's with me. Hello, John. Hello, Brandon. How are you? Friday night recording. Anybody cooler than us two? I don't see how. No. No. I mean, Stu is out drinking greenies right now. Is that cooler than this? No. Stu's at a no, is it a not. company holiday party? Is that right? I think that's right. I I don't know what to take away that his company is not doing the company holiday party <laughs> at their own place, but you know what? Do your own thing. And not drinking their own beer. Okay. It's, oh, okay. No I mean, further questions. Fine. Best not to pry. I, you don't want to, like if you ran a restaurant, I suppose you probably wouldn't have the party at your restaurant. True. Yeah. And I, my understanding of the beer industry um, is that they're drinking beer all day long, starting at like nine in the morning. So it's possible right. that they're sick of it by now. <laughs> True. <laughs> I think that's the the hardest part of working in the beer industry is the alcoholism. So mm-hmm. the, the required alcoholism. I, I don't know a lot about the beer industry, but having to drink beer instead of water all day seems like it would be hard on the old constitution. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where he's at. That's a little bit cooler than us. Um, and our friend Chicken Fingers is at a youth. Yeah. Although, is it youth anymore? I don't even know the age of his kids. It could, it could be college at this point. But he's, anyway, right. in any event, he's at a hockey game, I believe. Right? Yes, he is. Well, I, stop the presses, everybody. He's coaching a youth sports event tonight. Yep. Yep. So. So that's also a little bit cooler than us sitting on our asses talking to each other. Drinking beer, at least. Are you drinking anything tonight? I, I I'm not. I haven't. I haven't been able to leave the house for a while, so I've just been sitting here. Okay, and I got nothing. I am drinking beer, so at least among the two of us, I feel good. I am a little bit cooler than you. You well, Brandon. I think that was decided a long, long time ago. To be I'm going to go ahead you. and torpedo all that tiny bit more cool than you um, cred that I've got right now, and instead just do a deep dive in the wolves. Boy, which will just, they're cool. over. <laughs> There could not be a lower bar to clear than that one. <laughs> Let's put it that way. All right. I want to talk about the Timberwolves, John. All right. Now we're on the same level again. Here we go. Last time we talked, we uh, just adorably were happy 
about the Timberwolves. Yeah, and, they were uh, so they were, good. They were in the midst of, I don't know, four, five, six game win streak. And uh, this, it felt like it had staying power. And mm-hmm. we also, while doing that, the only real, I would say, criticism or complaint or I guess now what ended up being foreshadowing was we did complain a little bit about Carl uh, Anthony Towns falling on the ground 20 to 30 times a game. Right. So immediately what happened after that was Carl Anthony Towns, I was watching it live, dunked it, decided to hang on the rim, and then when he started to, decided to stop hanging on the rim and, of course, fell straight on his back and broke his butt. Mm-hmm. And uh, then the team went into a small tailspin and lost five straight games. So, of course, of course that's what happened. Yeah. Um, but this team is a little bit different. They have since um, pulled out of it a little bit. And uh, and so things are still actually okay in Wolvesville. Um, are you surprised at how... I'm going to say it, indispensable D'Lo is. I love it. I We talked a little bit last time we were talking about the Timberwolves, about how D'Lo is the antithesis of what you expect. He's just a crafty old man, even though he's not an old man. Mm-hmm. He's just got the craftiest old man game. And he's taken a... He, he's taken a lot of criticism since he got to town. And just because of who the Timberwolves were... And just because they were such a young team and so sort of adorably unable to control themselves like a puppy, I just it made me like D'Lo more. So the fact that now they cannot even come close to winning without D'Lo in the lineup, I feel good. I feel happy. I feel happy because I feel like I stuck with D'Lo through 43 terrible seasons. How long has he been here now? It's just been like two seasons, right? 40, 42. You were off by Yeah, one. 42. <laughs> It seems like he's been here forever, and he's just he he immediately seemed to replace Andrew Wiggins as the lightning rod for the Timberwolves. Well, that's not true because Cat takes just as much crap. All right, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, but I think he was sort of branded as a guy who was, you know, very streaky, up and down. Um, right. Had a really good season, one really good season, and then a bunch of mediocre ones. But really, more than anything, was like this guy's not super fun to watch. And I have, I have had the opposite experience. I think it's maybe because he plays so slow. He's a really good shooter at times. I do like watching him. I I, I don't know. Maybe I it's also just a streak it. right now. But he is he is a fun guy to watch because it's he's so slow. It's incredible. <laughs> I don't understand it. And he's very he is he's extremely crafty. That's like a thing that I don't know if I was necessarily expecting. From him, I hadn't seen a ton of him before. The only games we had seen of him, obviously, he scored sixty points a game playing the Wolves, but that's not really a fair thing. And most of those mm-hmm. are just crazy jump shots. I didn't realize how much of an old man game he had. Yeah, he's like prime Andre Miller, right? He just, I, I find it enjoyable, but I also am an old man, so that's mm-hmm. true. I, you can see why I would find that enjoyable. It, re- he really plays right into our hand, or we play right, right into his hand. Just absolutely one of the hands being played, the other one enjoys it. I don't know the analogy. It's 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 a Friday night. It's been mm-hmm. a long it's been a long week. It's um, a Friday night, and Brandon's had half of one beer, and that's, <laughs> that's where we're at. That's actually it's exactly right. I've had half <laughs> of one beer. <laughs> uh, I don't like getting too sauced on the podcast. Maybe during the recording, but beforehand, I think I've done that a few times, and it just has not been not been great. So. That's a story of me drinking on the podcast. Do you remember the time that we tried to record a podcast during a Vikings game? And 
at the start of it, Chicken was completely sober, and by the end, he could barely get words out because yeah. he drank so much during the game. Yep. That was a great podcast. Was that the same game when uh, Stu's TV was like yes. 30 seconds ahead of ours, and he kept giving away what was happening? Even yeah. though we were It wasn't even it. 30 seconds. It was like four seconds, <laughs> and he couldn't even shut up for four seconds. Which just please... Don't tell us. And he'd go, ah, fumble. Damn it. We just, <laughs> just asked Describe you. the whole play. Yeah. Just would not listen to anything except he's probably, I mean, he was probably just reading Twitter instead of listening to anything we had to say. So. He probably only had his microphone on and not his headphones in. So he just <laughs> right. didn't even know that we were giving him <laughs> feedback. That's probably how he does most of the podcast. It, somehow that it works. Actually, that actually explains a lot. <laughs> it does. Yeah. Yeah, they're not they're not non sequiturs to him. They're just sequiturs. No, they're just they're just plain sequiturs. <laughs> yeah. Um, so just to get um, a little bit wonky, I was reading this week that one of the reasons that D'Lo's numbers, like like the analytics, are crazy high on D'Lo, like his on off numbers, were this right. elite, legitimately and not exaggerating, an elite team with him on the floor, and then just like not good at all with him off the floor. That's even when you do different lineups, you know, because he's not always with the exact same guys. Right. But I was reading that one of the components of that that might not be totally sustainable is the three-point percentage on defense, like against you, is one of those things that is kind of fluky. It's like batting average against in baseball, where, like, you can sort of impact it, but not a ton. I guess his numbers, people really shoot poorly with him on the floor to a way that, like, eh, it's not going to last all season. So... His numbers are probably not going to be as otherworldly as they are right now, but I don't really care. He's fun. Maybe it's, maybe it's just one of those things where the other players get overconfident with him on the floor, where they think, well, this slow old senior citizen isn't going to do anything. They won't, right. He won't even get near me. There have, also, been a, have you seen, like, watch games? There have been a couple times where he'll get a steal by somebody just handing him the ball essentially right like, i think that's part of the them just like no way is this guy gonna do anything good look i'm gonna throw it right <laughs> to him and then he actually does catch it <laughs> oh he caught it yeah that jerk yeah totally but i've been surprised so i mean maybe at some point he will be less fun to watch but i imagine his defense is not as good as it has looked um but he also is generally like this is probably what his i mean i could look it up it's probably right in front of me but it's like his seventh year maybe Sixth, somewhere around there, um, and he's he's shot better every single year than this year. So that will probably turn on a, on the plus side um, around. And it seems like a pretty like the vibe's pretty good with them. So mm-hmm. yeah, um, so that's been a, a big surprise. A big surprise since we spoke. Um, he just continues to seem more and more valuable. Um, the other thing that has been uh, a positive development. Uh, since we last spoke, was uh, the Timberwolves played a game against the Nuggets recently. And I don't know if you were able to watch it, but I am happy, pleased, and shocked to report that Cat was not the biggest baby ever <laughs> in that game. Because he, Jokic I, was the biggest baby ever? Or? No, just Cat was finally not a huge, just just a whiner. Like he is in most games, right? He's super demonstrative to refs. He complains. He bitches. He he gets riled up by the other team a lot. And I don't know for sure, but it feels like, in particular, the Nuggets do this to him because Jokic just is so much better than him. And, you know, I mean, like all of us, nobody can really 
comprehend how good he is, Jokic. Right. Like, it's just crazy. Um, but he is. And so it was just a really impressive game all around. Um, the Wolves uh, really manhandled them. And I was very, I would have bet my house that Cat was going to have a couple blow ups, um, fill his diaper two to three times in that game. And he never did. So times are crazy. You know, I was thinking more about about our, our discussion about Cat last time where we said that one of the reasons he looks like such an oaf on the court is because he's constantly being fouled. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons he complains so much is that he's constantly being fouled. And what I was thinking about was like Jokic is also a well-known whiner, a, a, an Eastern European whiner. And mm-hmm. Luka Doncic is a enormous whiny man. Mm-hmm. Maybe NBA refs, even after all this time, are still bad at adjusting for huge people in the game. Like you look at someone like Cat, who's seven foot tall and three hundred pounds probably, and just a giant human being. And you're like, well, no one could possibly follow him. I'm not going to call anything. And then you know, maybe somehow there's there's still that adjustment. It seems like these. Huge, even large for NBA players, guys, are among the biggest whiners. Or maybe it just is a coincidence. I don't know. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. I have no idea what the what the difference is. But, you know, Luka has been, yeah, th- those are the three. I w- well, I don't know about Jokic, but for sure Towns and Luka are all NBA whiners. Sure. <laughs> I, just saw, I just saw a great clip of Jokic getting fouled. And keeping it together for like 10 seconds until he thought he got fouled again and then just losing his mind, getting two technicals in a row and getting thrown out of the game. Just a world-class temper tantrum. It was awesome. Yeah, he does throw really good ones. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. Um, I had another thing for you. Do you remember the story that our friend Chicken told us? One of the very first episodes about his friend scored a goal, a slap shot from the blue line. I would say I think about that once a week. Once a week I think about that story. (laughs) Well, it's so funny because it's such a phenomenon, um, but we don't have an actual name for it. Did we ever – do you remember that guy's (laughs) name? I was going to say like uh, Rosemount Jeff. Was it Jeff? I think we've come up with names for it three different times and forgotten them every time. So we'll call him Rosemount Jeff for the purposes of this story. Right. Okay. So, so for future reference, anybody listening, a Rosemount Jeff is when somebody does something good, but it actually ends up being the worst possible thing that could happen because he keeps trying to do that thing over and over and over again. Right. So, when Jeff from Rosemount scored a slap shot from the blue line, that was amazing. They scored a goal, but then they ended up losing a ton because he kept trying to do that for the rest of his life, and they it never went in again. So, a Rosemount Jeff is actually feels like a positive in the moment. It's like. Uh, Russell Westbrook making a three early in the game. I'm sure Lakers fans are like, oh, fuck, here we go. He's going to shoot 20 of them now. Um, (laughs) Or Russell making some stupid Dirk Nowitzki one-foot step-back jumper from the mm mid-range and being like, all right, I'm on tonight, fellas. Yep. 35 misses later. Watch out, everybody. Yeah, here we Um, go. Russell's eating up. I was actually thinking that uh, last night's game – it's the same game that I'm talking about, the Nuggets. Um, that sometimes Ant may have this as an issue with he's really falling in love with his three-pointer. That was going right. to like be my, you know, he makes a couple early ones, and he's like, all right, well, shit, that's not great. 
Ended up working out last night because he made 10 of them. It was unbelievable. 10 for 14 on threes. But that's like, he also had zero free throw attempts. So that's like a small thing I'm like hoping that doesn't become where he just like, like Jason Tatum gets called out on this a lot. Like he's a really good shooter, but then just decides that all he wants to do is become Carmelo Anthony, which isn't really his game. Um, So I don't know. It's uh, it's sort of like at this point becoming like the first thing I check in the box score when I pull up my app to see like what the score of the Wolves game is, and then I go to like the stats. First thing is free throw attempts from Ant because that to me is like the bellwether of like how he's doing. So last night was uh, was definitely an exception, but I don't know. Just gotta get to the rim a little more. The amazing thing about the Timberwolves box score because I do the same thing. I check the box score, and every time. Cat has 25 points and 12 rebounds, and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who else played? He's got mm-hmm. 25 points on, like, nine shots every time, too. Yeah. I don't even know how it's possible. Meanwhile, Ant has scored 27 points, and everybody's fawning over him, but he's taken 49 shots to get there. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's, it is it is somewhat similar to the old Thunder with, as we just mentioned, Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant. Right. Yeah. And I understand, like, It'd be nice if if Towns shot 20 times a game and Edwards shot 15 times a game, you know, kind of flip whatever they do. But I know it's not as simple as that, but uh, it would be nice to to see that happen sometimes. So I don't know. Um, OK, that's th- those are my Wolves thoughts. I've got another basketball thing I needed to complain about for a little while. But did you have any other Wolves things you wanted to bring up? Nothing specifically, no. I It was sad to see our guy Ricky Rubio in the flesh again. That was yeah. hard. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm happy he landed on our favorite team, though, the Cavs. You know, we've always been right. Cavs men. So as a Cavs man, that's great. They're very fun to watch. Great team. I'm glad he found a, a really great situation for him. But, no, we needed to get Torian Prince. It just, I mean, I realize the contracts and whatever, but... Yeah. The Timberwolves could really use Ricky Rubio this year. I know. And the version of Ricky Rubio that exists again when he's not coming off having COVID. I mean, thank God for... So we got fleeced in that deal. I mean, full stop, Mm -hmm. obviously. I can't imagine anybody ever thinking anything differently. Um, Rubio for Prince. Even if you're not a Rubio fan, I've got a lot of Rubio non-fans in my life. And I know that because they constantly yell at me about how much they hate Ricky Rubio. Okay, so you're not... If even if you're one of those people, you have to realize he's so much better than Torian Prince. Um, right. But the one nice thing that's made that a little bit less sour is while we got fleeced in that trade, we absolutely fleeced the Memphis Grizzlies for Pat Bev. He's been <laughs> excellent. He's been so good. He's like for sure like one of our four best guys. And we gave up Jarrett Culver and Juancho Hernan Gomez. <laughs> now, if they would have just said both of them have been cut. Nobody would have blinked an eye. Like, yeah, I don't know. Whatever you have to do, buy out, cut. I don't give a shit. Like, that's great. Of course you don't want those guys in the team. And we got a great player out of it. That's just unbelievable the, how, how those both those things happen. So thank God for that Beverly trade. Otherwise, I would just be, I'd be inconsolable after the Rubio trade. But even as you said, even with Beverly, even with D'Lo, they still could really use Rubio. <laughs> the funny, I, I, went to, I went to check on how much those guys are playing for Memphis this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Culver's getting nine minutes a game, which ranks 16th on the team. Oof. 
<laughs> which I don't. How is that possible? <laughs> Fifteen rostered players. Yeah, that's tough. Oof. And I I don't see Wancho. Did they trade Wancho for someone else? I believe that they did uh, reroute him over to the Celtics. Oh, so he's probably played a lot there. Uh, no, nope. four minutes tonight. Four <laughs> minutes tonight. <laughs> not, mm, that's, Ooh, that's rough. That is rough. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. I know. Well, I'm glad our, our guy, Gilderadner, found some time to make one good trade before departing. Yep. Yep. And, you know, speaking of Culver, he moved up in the draft. It was such an odd play, but he was very obvious and vocal that he had moved up in the draft to get Darius Garland. And then Darius Garland got chosen the pick before, which is just like, a, why did you make the trade if you didn't know you were going to have him? Right. Whatever. But he was technically right on that, too, because Garland is is a very good player, and he would be great on the Wolves. So, you know, besides the whole, like, having an open affair and being an asshole to everybody, he made some okay moves. Do you guys, do you remember trying to convince me that Jared Culver was going to be good? Yep. Right after they drafted him? Yep. Yep. I, I think did. that was like af- <laughs> my my memory of this, and of course my memory is shot, and you'll see why. My memory is that this was happening at the same time my son was in the NICU, and okay. like as I was in the NICU with my son, I was furiously texting all of you about how Jared Culver couldn't shoot. Now this can't possibly be true. That story has to be broken in about three different ways, but mm. that's my memory of it right now. But my. You know, my mind is made of Swiss cheese, and so that's fine. Well, let's at least play out the timeline. When was your son born? Summer 2019. Okay. Okay. That shakes out. That's good. Um, I do wonder, I mean, he wasn't a terrible shooter in college, right? No, he was a terrible shooter in college. Oh, no, no, no. He was a good free throw shooter, which meant smart guys will tell you, well, that means he could turn into a good shooter. But you're like, what? Yeah, but he's not a good shooter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like. Oh, wow. This is, the timeline does actually check out. Not not for the NICU part, but it would have been in the first month of his life that they would have drafted Jared Culver. Wow, I'm actually fairly proud of myself for only getting that story somewhat wrong rather than furiously wrong. You're actually, and you're even pronouncing his name right. I mean, it's hard to get wrong, but you kept saying Jokic a few seconds ago, and that's not even close to right. So, uh, I yeah. got Okay, I, you're you're right. What I remember now I got is problems. <laughs> he shot thirty percent on three pointers. It's not good, right? But for college, sh- in college, he shot thirty percent on free, th- and he got worse as his career went on. And then and I sh- said, yeah, that's not you good. know the three point line is closer in college than it is in the pros. Yeah, this guy is not not good at shooting, but if he can't shoot, he won't have a role on the Timberwolves team. That is bad. And you said. But John, he shot sixty five percent from the free throw line, or 71, whatever. Seventy one, you son of a bitch. Seventy one percent from the free throw line. How can this man not be a successful NBA three point? He shooter? seemed like a jack of all trades guy. Good rebounds, good assists, decent shooter. The comps were like Joe Johnson and like a friendly Ron Artest, you know, one of those sort of like who we wanted Wesley Johnson to be, you know, like who we wanted Ryan Gomes to be like those wing 
Defender. Okay, I love, I love Ryan Gomes, but when Wes Johnson is your third comparable, you got real problems. No, oh, Wes Johnson sucked ass. I hated him, and we t- we took uh, him over, I believe, Demarcus Cousins, and I was furious. And I always hated Wes Johnson for that. But he felt like he was going to be one of those guys. And so, yeah, the thirty percent um, was a bummer. But when he shoots seventy one percent, that's what the smart guys will tell you. Like. If you shoot free throws throws, in college? It means his stroke is going to be fine. There's so much other noise. I mean, remember Derek Williams, the number two pick, Derek Williams, shot like 45% from three in college, but he was like a 62% whatever. I don't know the numbers. I'm not looking it up. Don't look it up, anybody. Um, But he was not a great free throw shooter. People were like, I don't actually think he's a very good shooter, and they were right about that. So the other thing, too, I would say is Anthony Edwards could not shoot threes in college. He was like 29, 30%, same deal. So, yeah, but you know. it was different because Anthony Edwards was 14 years old in his freshman year <laughs> of college. <laughs> yeah, Jer- but Culver was a young man himself. Very was young. he really? Yeah. I don't remember that. Yeah, yeah, he was like a very young sophomore. So I don't know. I mean, where, what are we doing here? I don't know. We're arguing about <laughs> Jared Culver still. <laughs> yeah, I had to defend myself a little bit. You ended oh. up being extremely right on that. Um, <laughs> so that was not good. Um, oh, anyway, the thing I wanted to talk about was, as I mentioned, that first box score glance, to me, the, the key bellwether is free throw attempts by Anthony Edwards. That's what I care about. Um, a couple years ago, the thing I used to do with the box score for the Wolves was look up Andrew Wiggins and look and to see whether he got more than one rebound. Whether he got a combined ten rebounds and assists because he should have done it every game. Obviously, that athletic, he played like forty minutes a night. Should have been so simple for him to get, you know, six rebounds and four assists. Like he's number one pick. Blah blah blah. And he just fucking never did it. Right? Obviously, he just was. So whether he scored, you know. Got some dunks from Rubio or whatever. That was always my litmus litmus test for that uh, for those few seasons. And um, I have to say, I still look up Andrew Wiggins' box scores because I can't help it. And he still, though he's gone, is slowly driving me insane. <laughs> I I just just today today. I mean, fuck. It's making me so mad. There was a, there was a uh, five. Okay, so first thing there was a. I listened to Zach Lowe's podcast. Zach Lowe is a um, extremely smart NBA guy, maybe the smartest. Um, and he, it was a sort of throwaway comment, but I don't let those throwaway comments go. I said something about hey, and Wiggins has been fantastic for him, or Wiggins, what a key piece, or. I don't know if he used indispensable like D'Lo. Let's not go that far, but he said something like that that made me like perk up of like huh why does the smartest nba guy in the world think that andrew wiggins is good i don't i don't get it and so so that was i was annoyed and then i go to um 538 which is i don't know if you read 538 at all kind of a wonky uh political but also sports website it's good they've got very good writers on there there was just a full-on feature about andrew wiggins about having a career year and being a great player and no that doesn't sound right just today and so I start reading through it, and it's like the faintest praise you could possibly give an NBA player. It was unbelievable. Like, 
you know, because 538 sort of famously that first year, and I'm I'm sure someone could dig into the archives, Wade, um, and and go back because when you know when Wiggins was first on the Timberwolves, right. I certainly was like, hell yeah, I'm into this guy. He's a he's a sweet athlete, great pedigree. Uh, he's going to be really good for the Wolves. I'm so pumped to have him on the team. And I think through either his rookie season, halfway through or two-thirds of the way through, or it was maybe its second year, it doesn't really matter, but it was pretty early in his career, 538 wrote an article and said his closest comp is Andrew Posey. He's actually not very good. And I was like, fuck this website. I hate you. <laughs> You're wrong. You're so I wrong. never read this website You're the again. worst. You're just, you know, clickbait, desperate, yada, yada, yada. And obviously they turned out to be completely right about him. Like they were the first ones who were like, "Hey, this kind of player who like scores, but not that efficiently, and has some moments on defense, but it's not a great defender, and doesn't really do much else." Like one of these guys who just like fills up part of the box score. Those are the guys you don't want on your team, right? They were right. right. So then them coming around here and writing this article uh, was uh, mind-boggling to me, and mostly because I pay attention to his box score and I and and I just I thought maybe I was missing something. So John, I looked into his stats. Guess what? What? I'm not missing anything. He still sucks. He's terrible. <laughs> I have no idea why people are saying this about him. Um 538 has their um has a a sort of metric um kind of a one, you know, one score. They call it Raptor. I don't know what the it's an acronym. Um, and it's good. It seems very accurate. It's very aligned to like, well, this team has X amount of um, wins per, you know, broken out by player. And it all adds up to the, how many wins they've got as a team. Like, it, it makes sense. Uh, his ranking this season in the league, he is currently on his career year, the 71st best player in the league. <laughs> well, that may be a career year for him. You don't know. 71st best player. And they're writing a feature on him. I don't make does not make any sense. And box um, basketball reference is kind of my go to site for most things for basketball. I'm I'm guessing it probably is for you as well. Mm-hmm. Or you probably just like log in, like listen to this podcast is probably where you get your nerdy stats because I can't. Or I might be, up. or I might be on basketball reference right now okay. trying to verify what you're saying. <laughs> okay, so his um. If you go to basketball reference and you scroll down to advanced. That's exactly what I did. Okay. I'm right there with you right now. So where I go from there, the simplest metric that I've ever found in my many years of being obsessed with basketball, the best one is box plus minus, BPM. Right. Far right. Far right. It's, right. again, so aligned to actual wins. It, it, to me, does the best job of kind of pulling apart, you know, some guys um, on a juggernaut team like those Miami Heat and some other statistics would have these huge plus minus, you know, numbers. Mario Chalmers is, you know, it's like, well, no, not really. Um, box plus minus, I think, does a good job of stripping that away. His box plus minus, John, I know you know this because you're on there, but I'll tell mm-hmm. all the listeners, my mom and your mom and Wade, right. his box plus minus is 0.6. <laughs> he's right he, between, he's right below Andre Iguodala, but Iguodala is a 1.5, so that's a step up, and he's right above. A man named Juan Toscano Anderson, Juan which is Toscano one of the Anderson. one of the great names in all Thank of sports. You. I th- <laughs> you start with Juan Toscano and you end with Anderson. Mm-hmm. It's great. It's great. What a name! I just cannot understand any of this. It is the most insane thing I've ever heard. I've ever experienced. And this is not just these two 
things. I've been listening to it all year, and I've watched games. I, I have League Pass, and I'm stupid, so I watch him. He's the same player, and he is he is in the best possible basketball situation you could ever ask for. Prime Steph Curry is on your team. Steve Kerr is your coach, and you have zero expectations on you, and he still right. is an average player. It makes no sense to me. Um, but the thing that like is making me go kind of crazy is there's so much praise around Golden State. There always has been, and for good reason for lots of it. But you is know, because the, they win all their basketball games. I'm just yeah. throwing out ideas here. Well, no, I guess I'm thinking. To me, it's like the Golden State kind of all around Golden State, the front office, and, and I've mentioned this a hundred times. I'll mention it a hundred more times. I'll never get over it. I hate, it was the stupidest thing I ever heard. The GMs or the owner said, we're light years right. ahead of every other organization. Right. Okay, sure. Yep. And then now Andrew Wiggins is having a career year. He's an unbelievably good player. He might be all def- defense, first team, all-star, whatever. Clay Thompson should be a top 75 player. That was the stupidest. I mean, Clay Thompson is like not even in top 300 in win shares. He can't even dribble. He's, you know, every single one of these things that are giving credit, it's the oddest thing. The actual answer to all of these things is Steph Curry is an unbelievable player, one of the best player who players who has ever played ever. Golden State is not light years ahead. They just drafted Steph Curry. Andrew Wiggins is not good. He's playing next to Steph Curry, so he gets wide open right. shots all the time. Klay Thompson, if he was on the Orlando Magic, we would have never heard his name. He's Evan Fournier on any other team. But they get so much credit, and it's the weirdest thing that just people... I think people recognize that Steph is is amazing, of course. He gets a lot of praise showered on him, deservedly. But they keep giving his credit to other people, and it doesn't make any sense to me. They don't. I don't know if they did that with other, with other all with other like amazing superstars, right? People right. never really did that for Jordan. I mean, in the opposite way, probably like I remember Horace Grant was like this incredible player, and people were like, "What? I don't know. Not really. It's Jordan's team. For some reason, it's not Steph's team, and it's just all the other praise that everybody else gets is very frustrating to me, and I hate it. And I hate them. I hate everything about it. Mostly Andrew Wiggins. That's all I have to say. I I went back. The, the Bulls team that lost 10 games the whole season, Michael Jordan's box score plus minus was 10, 10.5. So just to, so, so it's on average 10 points per 100 possessions. So, you know, generally per game or something. You took just a league average team. You put yep. Michael Jordan on it. They are an unbelievably historically good team. That's how good Michael Jordan was. Unreal. <laughs> down down in sixth place on that Bulls team was Judd Buchler. Mm-hmm. I, I know I know Old you remember Judd, Judd Buchler. And he was at 1.7, so he's three times as good as Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> I do remember a lot of articles that year about how key Judd Buchler was mm-hmm. for that Bulls team. Real glue guy. Real glue guy. Man, that Career. team had some names on it. Did you know John Sally was on that team? I did not remember that. Nope. Nope. Didn't remember that at Boy. all. Now, I also should say, for anybody listening, we're recording this on a Friday night. The Warriors are playing, and Andrew Wiggins, because it's a, na- a game on national television, has 27 points in the fourth quarter. Okay? Yeah. I get it. Like 27 points in just the fourth quarter? That's amazing. No, no, no. It's 27 points for the game. Oh. 
But that should make you <laughs> even more how many, mad. how many rebounds does he have, though? That's oh, the real God. question. Six, I think. <laughs> does he have? I want to. I so badly want him to have three rebounds and no assists right now. Yeah, exactly. He has two assists. He's <laughs> wow, playing with Steph Curry, night. and he has two assists. <laughs> oh big my night. God! Just by standing still and letting the ball bounce off you, you should get two assists with Steph Curry. And exactly. Team. God, he makes me so mad. And I would think, as a fan, you'd be frustrated because they're like, oh, "Well, it's a national game; he'll show up." Then it's like, "Well, he should be good every game. Why does this need? Why do you need this motivation? Making hundreds of millions of dollars, but." I am. I just want to say, ultimately, and to sum this up, I am utterly delighted you have been angrily ranting about Andrew Wiggins, a guy who does not play for the Timberwolves for the last fifteen minutes. Oh my! I I just had to. This is this is the actual like. I don't know. This isn't interesting. I have nobody else to talk about this. No one cares. If I just well, get on this, you have to because we're recording. You you don't. You're not going to make us. I mean, you might, but as of Randy, now, you have never made us stop. It, this is what this podcast is for. Right. It's a support group. We have to talk to each other so we don't try to lose this on our families. Right. Okay, good. Thank you. Well, I appreciate you letting me rant a little bit. Let's move on. Oh, no, to, it's good. Um, I love it. Let's move on to happier topics, just barely. Um, I need to know where you're at mentally and fan-wise um, with our Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> like, are you, like I, are you watching? Are you cheering for them? Where are you at? I need some yes. help on how to feel. Absolutely, you have to watch the Vikings this year. Like, early on in the year, we talked about it, and I was mostly sleeping through all the games. And then it became very clear to me quickly that this was going to be the funniest Vikings season of all time. Yeah. That no matter what they did, they would always find a way to do something so hilariously stupid that you couldn't not watch the game. And it has absolutely borne itself out for the rest of the season. They just, they were up 29 to nothing on the Steelers. <laughs> 29 to nothing. At that point, the Steelers looked like they were playing with eight guys who had never seen a football before. Mm-hmm. They were the worst team in NFL history. And the Vikings came a pass breakup in the end zone away from losing that football game. Well, Okay, so wouldn't losing have been amazing, though? No, because they had lost to the Lions the week previous. Okay, so you, that would have been too much. A little too on the again, nose. A, a, a game. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Lions tried so hard, so hard to just hand the ball to the Vikings to the point that they were almost trying to like drop kick field goals into their own. I I don't know if that counts for points. I don't think that counts for points in football. If you drop kick it into your own goalpost, I don't think that counts for the other team. But the Lions sure seemed like they were trying and the Vikings just could not let them lose to the point on the last play of the game the Lions drop back and they throw a pass into the end zone and both of the cornerbacks are still backing up somehow? 
like <laughs> to the back line of the end zone, giving the receiver time. It's it's still utterly flabbergasting. And if you look, um, you you look at the standings and you look at where the Vikings are, and they're not real. They're not in the playoff picture, but they're just on the edge. You know, in the hunt. Yep. And when you go into the games with that in mind, knowing that. It's possible they could make the playoffs, but if they did, they would immediately be utterly overrun. Well, I say utterly overrun, but every game they lead by two touchdowns and they, then they come back and lose. So I guess they would do that again. But if you set your expectations properly, it's absolutely the the, the darkest, blackest comedy of any NFL season ever. Just... They lucked into an amazing dynamic offense with a dinosaur of a defensive coach. Let's see what happens next. Right. And somehow, sometimes their offensive line looks fine, and sometimes it's utter, absolute garbage. You never know what you're going to do. Same with the defense. They're amazing, and then they're bad. They took their – they made sure they had a backup left tackle for this year. And when their starting left tackle went down, they instead played the uh, the the backup right guard at left tackle instead of the guy they specifically had to play left tackle. Just uh, utterly mystifying decisions, a completely mystifying offense and defense, a quarterback that some days looks like he might be the best quarterback in the league and then two minutes later will look like he's throwing with the wrong hand. It just is... It's it's a circus. It's just a football circus, and I can't tear myself away. Hmm. Do you know their playoff odds right now? No, I don't. Do you want to guess? The them? fact that um, I'm going to say thirty three percent. It's a very good guess. Twenty eight percent. The fact that it's not zero is the most surprising. They lost to the Lions. You should not be able to lose to the Lions and still have a chance of making the playoffs. Shouldn't they have lost to them twice, too? They should have lost to them twice. (laughs) They should have lost to them. They should have both won and lost every game they played this season. Yeah, yeah. They they, uh, lost to the Lions and really played and should have won against the Cardinals, who are awesome. I mean... How many games have they played? 14? 13? I can't remember where they're at. I don't know. 13. They played 13 games, and if you looked at the win probability, like with five minutes to go in every one of those games, they could be 13-0 and 0 or they could be 0-13. Yeah, yeah. So in it's, some ways, they're 6-7, and 7, right? Like that feels yes. kind of close. I feel like they're better than that when I watch them, but I haven't seen a ton. Um, so it feels like they could be better than that. Now, well, I have I, been rooting I mean, against them pretty passionately all year, and I'm going to continue to do so because I can't stand this purgatory team that's going nowhere. I'm, I'm just done watching it. So I have been. So what should have been my favorite moment of the entire year, the Lions, and I actually wasn't even able to see it live, which makes me pretty sad. Um, but it's a weird, it's a weird thing to turn your allegiances temporarily on your own team. I think a lot of people who do that are like. Yeah, right. You're not really saying that. No, I really am rooting against them. I don't want them to win. Not this year. Not until they have some new stuff going on. So I I feel like 28% is low, and they're definitely going to make the playoffs. I mean, it's just it's so funny because if Mike Zimmer was smart, he would just clean out his office every single week for the rest of the year. Like, well, 
It's Friday. Yeah. We're done with game prep. Totally We're going to get on a flight here, so I'm yeah. going to go ahead and clean out this office because I don't think I'm coming back here. Just going paperless. Everything's right. on the iPad so we can leave immediately. <laughs> just um, getting rid of the file cabinets, boys, and I'm just going to put this in boxes now. No pictures the on the are wall. Now my file cabinets. Nope. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Uh, what would have? What would the record have to be for him to get fired? I mean, if they had lost to Pittsburgh, he'd be fired now. He would not be the coach right now. I know, but we've said that. There's been some insane losses throughout the years, and the Wolves are just not like that, clearly. I mean, but you think that th- would have been like, okay, you've lost something. Something has happened. You lost. You were up 29 to nothing, and you lost. That's it. We can't handle this anymore. You think that would have actually happened? I mean, it's true that with the Vikings – if they were going to make someone pay for all of the team's sins, they would have done it a long time ago. <laughs> well, we said even like fairly smart people, I feel like after that Lions game was like, all right, this might be it. I think we can wrap this one up, right? And, you know, nothing happened. Um, they're can, playing... you imagine, can you imagine Rick Spielman walking into the Wilfs office every week? I'm sure he has a meeting with him or whatever. Mm-hmm. And every week he's like, boy, this Zimmer guy, huh? <laughs> not like you and not like winners like you and me. I just don't know about this guy. Just you and absolutely yeah. furiously trying to somehow disassociate himself from Zimmer so that when the purge comes, he will somehow be left standing. And it's worked for I mean, Spielman has been the GM for the Vikings for like thirty five years now. I don't know how he continues to survive. He's built mediocre team after mediocre team, and yet here he is. Well He's that's still what here. I'm saying. Like there's nothing that I could logically and actually be like, oh, he should for sure not have a job anymore because of X, Y, Z. I mean, there's a bunch of a bunch of bad moves, but you've been a GM for a million years. There's a bunch of good moves, too. So it's like, all right, well, and same with Zimmer. Well, like, if you wanted to hate Zimmer, you could be like, oh, his game management, he's not offensive-minded enough, blah, 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 blah. But if you wanted to love Zimmer, you could very easily talk yourself into... Well, he's, you know, had to deal with this, that, and whatever. They've been fine. They've been competitive. So it's like this, again, this middle ground purgatory. Yeah, neither of them are like abject disasters. They both have like, when they're putting their resumes together, lots of pretty positive bullet points. But I just, I'm tired of it. It's it's boring football to me. Although yeah, Jefferson's amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's not it's not fun exactly, but it's funny. It is funny. Yeah. Yeah. I just am so jealous of, well, I don't know. I think for a couple of years I was kind of out on football, but I'm sort of back back in. It's it's fun. I like watching it. I won't plan my day around it, but if it's Sunday and I'm around, I'll watch some football. So I'm just a little bummed that they just feel like such a ceiling team. You know, but I'm sure there's been lots of teams that have actually won the Super Bowl that were not too great either. I mean, it's not even hard to think of, you know, the those Baltimore Ravens teams with Flacco and the Giants teams with Eli Manning and a bunch of wild card teams. Wasn't Tampa Bay a wild card team last year? I mean you, Yes. You know, they were they were good, but they weren't juggernauts. So I just I don't know. I could be wrong. They could win the Super Bowl this year, and I'd be like, yeah, you know, football, whatever. Um, Has there ever been a team in NFL history where every game they played was decided by a touchdown or less? God, who knows? If only there were a way. 
The Vikings have had one game that wasn't decided by a touchdown or less. Really? What was it? They a win beat, or loss? They beat the Seahawks by thirteen. That Every was other game. <laughs> that was it. Thirteen games. There, the margin of victory for either team has been three points, one point, seven, two, six, four, three, <laughs> seven, three, eight, two, and eight. God, it's really surprising because. Kirk Cousins has been very, like, objectively very good, like stat-wise. Except for, except for when he's terrible. Except for the times when he's utterly awful. He's Wasn't at good. some point he was, like, 29 touchdowns and two interceptions or something crazy like that? That's, like, a bunch of games where he was really good. And he's got Jefferson, and they've got Cook. You'd think, like, well, one of these games, they're just going to score 42 points. They have to. They're too yeah. dynamic to not. Exactly. But then in those games, the defense is like, cool, let's give up 41. In those ga- it's like it's fourteen to nothing before the first quarter's half over, and you think, well, they're rolling today, and then they punt twice and kick three field goals, and suddenly it's twenty three to twenty one because the other team has scored on three consecutive possessions in the second half. Yeah, and it's every time it's the same thing every time. It's such a head scratcher of a year because I think in past years, I feel like Cousins has been our quarterback for like eight years. But I know that's not true, but it feels like it's been a long time. Um, you always just kind of point at them of like, yeah, what they're eight and eight again. Oh, they're seven and nine, nine and seven, whatever the thing is. You're like, yeah, because Cousins just isn't very good, and really nothing else matters. That's always been my point of view with football. Like, get a good quarterback. Don't give a shit about anything else. And so now, when Cousins has been, you're right. There's been a couple games, or at least end of games, where he's been pretty bad. But a bunch of other times, he was really good, and they somehow kept finding other ways to shoot themselves in the dick so i just it's a odd it's a you're right it is a very funny and weird season um and i can't like i say yeah it's funny but it's not fun (laughs) no so are there um have you adopted any teams temporarily this year no no i can barely i can barely get it together with the vikings okay gotcha yeah you're you're kind of in the meat they take (laughs) the vikings take all of my emotional energy at all times when it comes to football well, you know, there's a bunch of other teams that are fun. The Chiefs-Chargers game was last night, and those are both very fun teams to watch. Football playoffs will be fun this year. I'm looking forward to it. I don't know if there's an NFC team that I actually care about. Maybe I'll like root for the Cardinals or something. That could be fun. Mm. Well, you uh, love Kyler Murray, so. I love Kyler Murray, yeah. Um, okay, John, we got to get moving, man. It's Friday night. I'm going out to the club later, um, <laughs> bottle service and shit, so. Um, next question I had for you is, do you have any quick thoughts and I'll, I'll keep you on, I'll keep you on task here, um, about the Minnesota wild. Um, I just said the word juggernaut in a different context, but I have to ask, are, are the Minnesota wild a juggernaut? Well, they were Brandon, they were a juggernaut Uh and then they were like, they got to the top of the NHL standings. They were the best team in the NHL. Yeah. And Everyone wrote an article about how this was not not the other wild not the typical wild team not your not your typical wild team that can't handle success that mm-hmm. always has to be regressing to the mean that always has to be headed to be the fifteenth best team in the league and they followed up that uh, an eight game winning streak that took them to the top of the NHL standings and now they've lost three games in a row no so including last night they lost to Buffalo which is the second-worst franchise in all the sports ahead of only the Phoenix Coyotes, who are absolutely the worst franchise in 
including arena football and several defunct soccer leagues. They're the worst franchise. So, oof. And it's roof Buffalo and is ter- Buffalo is terrible. The Wild absolutely did not come to play. It was it was very strange because the Wild had you know normally they play every other night, but their previous game was canceled because the other team got COVID. So, um, they had a four day rest. Apparently, from what I read. The Wild, for some reason, basically didn't practice that during that time. Like, they 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 seem to have sort of stopped practicing, and it's not helping them. They're not I, – I think they practiced today. Let's put it that way. Although their game for tomorrow got called off, too, because another team got COVID. So. I saw that. So uh, they, may never, they may never play again, and hopefully if they have six or seven weeks off here, they manage to work in one or two practices during that time because they seem to need it. Yeah, it was uh, a good run. I um, enjoyed it. Well, my question for you is: Are they? Is this so? The three game losing streak is that a? Is that just a momentary? You know, shit happens, or is it like coming back to earth? Because were they me- well, were they supposed? I mean, I thought they were going to be pretty good this year, but I think it kind of threw me for a loop when I heard they were the best team in the league. They just—it <laughs> certainly threw a lot of people for a loop when they were the best team in the league, but. It's just been it's been kind of disappointing because they were they weren't exactly playing a murderer's row over the last three games. They're playing L.A., which is has they've lost more games than they've won. And like I said, Buffalo is terrible. And then in between was Vegas, and Vegas is good. But mm-hmm. it it was still like well they could they could get a couple of wins in here, and instead they they did nothing. And what it was. What was once a big lead is now become a small lead in their even in their division in the league, and it's just it's disheartening, disheartening to see them put together a a poor run after such a good run. So now at this point, it's basically get right, but also play games. Those are our main yep. concerns. Well, I mean that's every sports league right now. Is let's try to get these games in. We don't need to get into it, but. We both read the news a lot, and we try not to read, like, weirdo news. We read, like, we're old men. We read, like, actual sourced right. news, newspapers. Yep. What is your level, uh, I suppose, panic or comfort level at if one is get into the underground bunker, the sky is falling, uh, they're all is aching. Ten is uh, what pandemic? Where are you at and from the one to ten right now? I, I honestly don't know if I can answer that, but I will say okay. this. Um, y- there's a lot of stories right now about how high the numbers are. And mm-hmm. The numbers are high. They're go- yep. They've gone way up. And for even people who've had their had their vaccines but maybe haven't had their boosters, the numbers are up as well. And yet I was watching that wild game last night, and every time you can see the crowd on the camera – there, nobody's wearing a mask, and if they are wearing a mask, it's not around the parts that you would want to cover with the mask if it was during a <laughs> pandemic. Yeah, one ear. Yeah, and that's fine. You know, people can live their lives and whatever, but I think when I was thinking about it, it was a little bit more like, you know, people are saying that the case, the numbers are way up, but maybe the miracle is that the numbers are not higher. Mm-hmm. And maybe maybe we should be focusing on how miraculous it is that only half of the country has COVID right now rather than every single person in the country. Yeah. 
Right. Because, I, I mean, uh, people, at least the people who go to hockey games, are not are no longer taking precautions. Let's put it that way. No. And in some ways, you know, I think I got to a point uh, fairly recently, and I think it's been kind of consistent for a long time, of once everyone who wants to get vaccinated has, a, has had a chance to get vaccinated then we got to just get back to life. Like, I'm not going to, you know, force people to do something they don't want to do. If I'm vaccinated and my children and my family are all, have had the chance at least, all good. What do I care? Um, But I did not realize that having that attitude meant, or letting that play out in a way sometimes can mean the hospitals are so over capacity that actually folks who are coming in without any COVID issues at all are being turned away and not getting the care that they want. Now, I know that's a little bit of a doomsday and hopefully a very temporary thing, but I had forgotten that it could get to that level where actually you do still need to think and care about folks who aren't vaccinated. And that's a bummer. And I wasn't expecting to get to that like mental, get to that place. I didn't really consider that as ever being a thing. I thought like, hey man, well, if you get sick, I, I don't know what you want me to do. I can't force this. I can't force you to get it. That's that's actually a form of freedom. But then when so many people get sick, that all of a sudden, if you know, I had to get an appendicitis, I wasn't able to. You know what I mean? Like, maybe that's a little too dramatic, though. Well, it's 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 hard because I I think one of the things that happened for me was you started looking at the numbers of people who were vaccinated, and this was especially true. Earlier this year, earlier, like April, May, when all of us were finally getting our shots and you saw those numbers sort of jumping up and jumping up and people were writing articles about, well, will herd immunity start to kick in at 40 percent? Will it be 60, 70 percent, whatever it was? And so in my mind, it sort of turned into like, all right, if we get to 70 percent or we get to 80 percent or whatever, you know, the numbers are at about 82 percent, I think, now of the people who are. 18 plus at least have gotten a shot and yeah. something like 70 something in this is Minnesota numbers something 70 yeah. some percent for the whole the whole population or the 5 plus population anyway the the specific numbers don't matter but i i felt like i got so focused on those vaccine numbers like if we can just get to whatever number if those just keep going up then things will be okay and what i sort of forgot was even if you vaccinate 80% of the people in Minnesota, which sounds to me like, wow, that is the best you could possibly hope for. 80% of the people being vaccinated. There are still a million people that aren't vaccinated in Minnesota. Yeah. And when when you think about it, just it, it's like rate stats versus counting stats in baseball, mm-hmm. where it's like, well, I mean, the 80% is good, but that's still a million people who don't have any protection. And- you know, for those of us who have small kids, there's, you know, I still have a kid at home that can't get vaccinated that's not eligible yet. Right. So, and there was a story today about how Pfizer's trial for them didn't work. And so they're having to go back to the drawing board a little bit and trying to figure out what that dose is. And Right. They're going to do like three smaller doses versus two regulars or yeah, something like that. Right. Exactly. And it's like, on the one hand, he's two and... Everybody says that for for the most part, those kids are fine, mm-hmm. even if they get COVID. But mm-hmm. on the other hand, it's like, you know, you talked about when everybody who has a chance to get vaccinated, there's still a lot of people who have not had that chance yet who are under the age of five. And right. So I don't know. It's it's hard to see past the end of my nose, end of my own nose here and understand what it's like for people who have 
people who are out of that parenting part where their kids are all vaccinated at this point. My oldest, my oldest kid is vaccinated now. And so it's a little less of a worry. She's in preschool. And so sending her to school now is a little bit, just that little bit extra sort of understanding that she might be a little protected in some way, Mm -hmm. but it, it still is like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how worried to be. Right. Yeah. And I've seen some, and if you, it's sort of one of those things too, where you can, you can really have a lot in your corner if you're nervous, um, hearing Mm -hmm. about, is it Omicron? I don't even know how to say it. Um, I shouldn't be asking you. It's not, (laughs) (laughs) it's disappointing that this inevitable future for me of not being able to pronounce anyone's name correctly has so completely come to pass. Uh-huh. But it's also disappointing in the sense that I saw an article about how to pronounce Omicron, and I can't remember what the answer was, but I do know that apparently the president was pronouncing it Omicron, which was yeah. <laughs> which was nonsense. And yeah. it's I, I guess what I'm saying is it's disappointing that I have the same troubles as a 74-year-old man when it comes to pronouncing things. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So That's it's good. not it's not Omnicrom. But I but. do think that there is there is also news that is somewhat promising that the numbers in South Africa went down rapidly, so it's not like this sustainable huge new thing. Oh, I hadn't um, seen that. Yeah, they just came out today, which was again, not like Let's get back to normal news, but like, okay, so maybe this isn't gonna be as bad of a thing. There's there's stuff in there that's that's somewhat encouraging too. So it feels a little bit more of like, hmm, like kind of the way you're thinking is I don't exactly know what to think right now. I think we were at the very beginning, if you were paying attention, you're like, Oh, this is this is very bad. Like this is just like it's gonna be bad for a long time. Um, but this one feels maybe hopefully I don't know. I'm not gonna say any more than that because I have no fucking idea, but um I don't know. I was just curious. Okay. We got to get moving soon. I wanted to do a lightning round. Uh, uh, th- or actually, three quick things with you. Um, or for you. With you. Together. Uh, go for hoops. We have to talk about them. They're 9-1 and one right now. Um, I, haven't been, I haven't seen more than a few minutes. Uh, I don't think you have either. Um, but are you, are you ready to get hurt again, John? Yeah. <laughs> I I just want to say that Gopher men's basketball is the best expansion team in college basketball. They're incredible. Yeah, inaugural have, season. <laughs> it's the weirdest story of all time. They 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 have two guys you've heard of, and both of those guys had to be convinced to come back. Uh, they basically have turned over the whole roster in one year. Uh, they had coming into the season, everyone was like, well. The one thing they have going for them is depth because nobody knows who's going to play. And instead, they Ben Johnson has basically just settled on seven guys and being like, all right, you seven are playing all of the minutes. Mm-hmm. I am Tom Thibodeau. No one else will ever play except for these seven people, none of whom can get hurt. And apparently they're playing an extremely weird style where they basically have said, all right, we're going to play a lot of defense. And that means we're not going to even try for offensive rebounds. We don't think we're going to get a lot of offensive rebounds. So when somebody shoots, everybody just run back on defense, and we're going to play some defense here. Right. Which I have to imagine, like I, like you said, I haven't watched a ton of the Gophers, but it cannot be fun to watch. It has to be as Big Ten as any team has ever been. 
Yeah, leaning into the Big Ten is a is a bold just move. Lining up a wall of flesh around the <laughs> lane and just daring anyone to come near you and just hammering them. <laughs> just lining up like a rugby defense and clotheslining every anybody who tries to run through. Just awful, disastrous basketball that looks like football and he. Ed Hightower is coming back from the dead to ref every game. It's just <laughs> awful. Just awful. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, Bo, Bo Ryan is just tingling with excitement. He's so excited about how terrible this basketball is. Yeah. I know. I'm the same. You know, I think the other thing, too, is this did happen for a couple seasons with Patino of, like, no expectations. All of a sudden, out of the gates, they were 14-3 and three or something. And then, you know, short bench, they get an injury, and all of a sudden, they're 14-19. and 19. Like, that definitely, in some ways, played out. But uh, either way, it's been good. The, my main thing I was looking into was, how is he doing recruiting for next year? I know it's early, and there's lots of time left. Right now, he's got two local kids. I think it's Pharrell Payne um, from Cottage Grove, and then a kid actually from my alma mater, Park Center, uh, Braden Carrington. And those are supposed to be, like, decent recruits. So, like... He's he's getting there with that too, but I think that'll be the next thing of like, can he also recruit besides coach? Because it, it does seem like he's at least, at the very least, like a competent coach, right? Like he knows what he's doing, right? Um, and which I is mean, very, everybody very talks good. about Dave Thorson, the old De La Salle guy, who's yeah. his top assistant, and I'm not I'm not saying that Thorson's doing the only coaching, but he certainly has a lot of a lot of influence on the team, and you know the guy has been a good coach forever, so it's just one of those. It's one of those decisions that not everybody makes where you're like, hey, I know this other really good coach who was my coach in high school. I'm going to bring him in, and he's going to help me a lot. Mm-hmm. It's one of those decisions that makes perfect sense when you say it, but is one that not a lot of people make. So, Right, exactly. Nice call there. That's cool. It'll be, uh, it'll be fun to see. Uh, okay, so we've got two other quick things before we got to get moving here because, again, bottle service. Um, mm-hmm. I wanted to – Man, uh, I just – I'm trying to imagine – Going out after this podcast. <laughs> Just the idea of like, I'm going to get in my car and drive to a bar right now. Yeah. Even yeah. a suburban, even the Chili's in Roseville where people get thrown out sometimes. <laughs> I don't think I could do it. Couldn't make it happen. It was not irregular, um, you know, in our mid-20s or something at 920 to be like, yeah, maybe I should think about going out. I'll probably shower here in about a half hour. I'll get ready at 1030. I'll meet a buddy out at 11. Totally, totally a normal thing. Brandon, I got to tell you, you and I have (laughs) known each other for a long time. I feel like like you should know by now that that never happened to me. (laughs) Not one time. Oh, man. Well, you didn't miss much. Okay. Um Here's the thing. This is we're gonna we're gonna get into. Honestly, the only times it probably happened was like if I went to the bar with you. It might have happened <laughs> one time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's possible. We had some good yep. times. Um, okay, so I wanted to tell you a quick story that I already put on Twitter, and we've uh, all right. <laughs> yeah, I um, want to. I do want to talk about this story. Um, I have a neighbor. Um, she's a very friendly lady. Uh, I would mm-hmm. I would guess maybe mid sixties. Um, but nice and friendly. I like her a lot. Um, mm-hmm. but she's, she lives, uh, I think her daughter lives with her from time to time, but otherwise kind of lives on her own. She takes her dog out for a walk every day and uses those like ski sled or those like ski pole things on her walk, yep. you know, with her dog. Yep. And, you know, she's one of those ladies. Um, 
I think she's a librarian or a teacher. Um, <laughs> she's retired now. Living the dream. So I have a dog. Her name is Suge, um, or we call her Sugar as well. Um, mm-hmm. She's a puppy. She's about six months old, and she goes outside in our backyard, and sometimes we'll kind of run over into my neighbor's yard every once in a while, and she's fine with it. It's great. I get a text from her today, and I'm going to read it verbatim, and I want you to just tell me. Okay, well, we'll, we'll get to it in a second. <laughs> and I quote, Sugar is in my yard eating something, and I threw spoiled food out there last night. <laughs> Period. End of text message. I'm going to read it again just so people can comprehend. Sugar is in my yard eating something, and I threw spoiled food out there last night. So I immediately was like, what? Uh, and so I went and got her quickly. I was like, get out of here. But I keep staring at this text message and wonder what what has happened here. Why did she throw... Sp- she's a She's got garbage service. I, I see her garbage at the end of the block. She's a fully capable person to throw her garbage where it belongs. I'm, I, would, I would bet money she's got a garbage disposal. John, I know that we play this game sometimes <laughs> and you hate it, but I'm going to have to ask you the empathy game. Please pretend... You are my neighbor who has just sent this text. What what could have possibly happened for you to throw spoiled food out of your off your back deck into your backyard in the middle of your backyard? Spoiled food. <laughs> and the best part is it's the middle of winter and the ground is frozen. Just it's not it's, it's 15 not even degrees like, outside. Oh, it's summer and I want to get it on the compost pile which happens to be in my backyard and your dog got into my compost pile. And what I'm saying is that I put this out on my compost pile, but the text came through as I threw spoiled food in my backyard. I, no, this lady is just frisbeeing a moldy burrito <laughs> into the middle of her own frozen yard, and it's going to be there when she mows in the spring. <laughs> I went out there to grab her, and it was just in the middle of the yard. There's no way there was a compost pile there to begin with. It's <laughs> in the middle. Of, what type of food was it? I have no idea. I just, like, I saw that. I was, like, not too far away, so I just ran out there, and I yelled at my dog, and she came in, and I don't even know if she got into it. I, I, and I, you know, just so you know, I didn't ask any follow-up questions here, John. This was, I had, you, I just wanted to, like, exit this conversation. I don't know what's happening, but I, I mean, can't stop you thinking You're at your about house it. right now, right? I'm in my house right now, yep. What's the lighting situation in your backyard? Is it dark out there? Pitch black. Absolutely right. pitch black. Can but you, I have, I have a back can you light. Go out there, can you go out there quick and see what the food was? I couldn't see. I tried. After <laughs> I thought about this, I went and was like, what on earth is it? I'd have to put my boots on and walk a little bit around the corner. I may do that just, tomorrow. Yeah, I may do some sleuthing because uh, it's really concerning. I'm trying to just think of, like again, trying to practice empathy and think about what on earth could have happened where... You know that there's spoiled food in your backyard because you put it there, and now you have to warn other people. Like I just, we have a lot I mean, of deer, we have a lot of turkeys. Is she trying to kill the wildlife by be poisoning thing, them? It'd be one thing if it was like, oh, we had corn on the cob last night, and I threw a bunch of corn cobs. Now it's the the middle of the yard thing is extremely strange. Yep, there's no getting around that. Yep, but. It'd be one thing if it was something biodegradable and also the ground wasn't frozen. Yeah. When you put it on, when you put it all together, it just is the 
the most bewildering possible behavior. And it's not like you live in some crazy it, it's not like you live on a farm. No. You know what I mean? No, we're right in the city. In the, you live in the you, – I was going to say the suburbs, but it's practically not even the suburbs. Yeah. It's the city. It's like a classy part of the city. It's a part that people would want to move to and it's a, a an upscale area and it, you just – the neighbor ladies are throwing food in the yard. <laughs> I don't understand it. I – Yeah. I she she said it and I got her and then it was one of those things and I I I got about a minute or two into it and I was like wait what and I had to go back and read the text and I'm text I'm now I'm screenshotting it and texting it to other people what does this mean what is what's going on am I missing something is there like <laughs> you're like forming a, a committee and calling an emergency meeting yeah I was like is this All a right. thing that happens because first I was like oh yeah there is there's a lot of deer and you know um, turkeys and stuff maybe she likes them coming out and then he's like but she just said it's spoiled like it's not good food it's not like she said like there's i'd put a deer feeder out and have her be careful she said it's spoiled food be careful so i it's not like it's not like deer are gonna come up and be like oh man seven week old lasagna that's wonderful (laughs) i don't think that's what deer eat is i mean no maybe maybe deer are garbage feeders and i just don't know about it but they famously love Italian food. <laughs> old Italian food. Yeah, old Italian. Yeah, it's, it's got to be aged. If it's not fermented, they're not interested. <laughs> Dry-aged Italian. <laughs> Mwah. Oh, my God. Okay, well. I just, I need to know more, and I'm we're going to need updates throughout the winter. All right, so I have, uh, I have to leave bright and early tomorrow for a basketball tournament. I hope to come back with enough time, and it's light out, where I can do a little bit of sleuthing. I can... Definitely have an excuse to be out in the yard, pick up some dog poop or something where I can hopefully glance over there. And maybe maybe I'm, I don't know. I'm just really having a hard time seeing how this ends with anything of like, oh, God, why didn't we think of that? Right? It's spoiled food on cold snow. Maybe that's not what she meant. Somehow. Autocorrect or something. Spoiled fur? Spoiled no. fur. Some food? Maybe she's just saying, like, I threw some, some food po- out there, just so you know. I threw... <laughs> she's eating but some food. how would you get from some to spoiled? I'm looking... Uh, yeah, I'd be a, I, that'd be a tough one. But then why would you... She, wouldn't she be like, oh, the dog is eating the lasagna. That's fine. Isn't that funny? Special food? She wouldn't text you. Special food. I got some special food out there. I threw I, some I, special food special for the deer. Specifically for other animals, and now she's eating it. Right. Oh boy. All right. Well, I'll I'll do my best. Uh, more to come on that one. Um, yeah. Okay. Cool, John. Well, this has been this has been great. Uh, really enjoyed it. Best Friday night I've had in a very long time. Oh, it just it feels it it feels nice to talk about these extremely important topics like how Andrew Wiggins is doing in the advanced stats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it makes me feel better. But energized. I feel energized right now. You can just go to bed happy that you were there for a buddy. No, I think I'm going to go to the bar. You're heading out to Chili's. Yep. I'm heading out bottle service at the Chili's. (laughs) Yep. Lisa, I can't sleep. I got to go get two for ones. I am so amped up about this Andrew Wiggins and spoiled food talk. I got to come down a little bit. I'll be at Chili's. I used to make – there was a story not too long ago. The Chili's up the street from my house here in Roseville. Somebody got thrown out of there for being drunk and disorderly, which is funny because I always used to joke about how 
I, I was just going to give up on life and start become a regular at the bar at Chili's and just get hammered at the Chili's. And there's somebody <laughs> just living my dream. <laughs> Somebody's already lived my dream, and now i got to find a new white whale to chase. Ugh. Well, we got time. That's right. All the time in the world. All the time in the world. That's right. All right. All right. See you later. Goodbye. Bye, Brandon.